All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from noom like evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds salads generally for most people are the easy button right for me that wasn't an option i never really was a salad guy that's just not who i am but noom worked for me get your personalized plan today at noom.com real noom user compensated to provide their story in four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're watching Oilers Nation every day with Heather Remchuk. Your one-stop shop for all things Oilers. Not only does Connor McDavid pick up one goal last night, he also got four apples. Let's get into it with the lead. Look how much fruit I have in my house, Liam. You're a very healthy boy, Tyler. Very healthy boy. My New Year's resolution was to eat more fruit this year, so the bit played perfectly. Uh, For those listening on podcast, I am holding up a bunch of fruit, a bunch of apples. What are they? Trevor says, a nice one, mini Gene. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, Welcome into Oilers Nation every day. As always, we are live from the Sports Closet Studio, and it is a Victory Wednesday edition of the show as the Oilers extended their winning streak to six games with a big dub last night over the Philadelphia Flyers. We are going to break things down with our moment of the game for Alberta Blue Cross, Sherwood Ford Giant Question, and our pal Frank Saravalli is going to swing by on the Star Mechanical guest line. Uh, Sergeant Battle, Tyler's going to cut up those apples, cover them in cinnamon, and call it a healthy drunk food. (laughs) Yes, that is something I have done many times it's a great snack i don't believe you also <laughs> you know what the chat is lacking today liam you know why was that because one of the i didn't have four apples one of them's an onion and no one noticed i tried to tee you up for it too and uh no, nobody picked up on on what you had done you you conned us all whoop juggling apples all right um okay i need to put these down they will be wildly distracting maybe i should just start eating the apple while frank's on with us that might throw them you, off. you don't want to bruise them either you kind of a bruised nope. apple 
also my fridge is very cold so those were uh those were crisp you on the hands that was fridge yeah i keep your apples in the fridge keep them nice and cold no i'm a i you got to keep your fruit in a bowl tyler because otherwise if you have sensitive teeth and you're going to bite into that thing and it's not going to feel good that is a good point as well. But when they're covered in cinnamon and sugar, you barely notice it. Um, anyways, let's dig into things from last night. Connor McDavid, not only does he hit career point number 900, he blows past it and is now at 903 in his career. It is remarkable. He is the fifth fastest player, Liam, to hit one or 900 points. It's crazy to see what this guy did. And last night, was one of those just vintage nights where Connor McDavid put the pedal to the floor and said, I don't care if anyone else shows up in this hockey game. I will do it myself. Like, look at this list. Wayne Gretzky, Mario Lemieux, Mike Bossy, Peter Stastny, Connor McDavid. And those guys, like Wayne doing it in 385 games is bananas. Crazy. But those guys in front are all legends and they all played at a time when there was seven to 10 goals every night. Like Connor McDavid doing this in the era that he's doing it in is Quite honestly, next to Gretzky, it's the second most impressive out of the bunch because Gretzky did it in like half the time. So like sick. That's unbelievable. Wayne's the goat. We all know that. But like Connor McDavid hitting 900 fifth fastest in this era is like it's hard to comprehend just how dominant he's been night in, night out for this team. Yeah, I, uh, I wrote in the description of this show, Tyler, that every night we expect Connor McDavid to do something special and every night he does it. And we're all still amazed and surprised at what he did. And, and last night was, was no exception, right? Like that goal, the first one was, was crazy. Despite the slight interference from Zach Hyman, it was still, I still think McDavid would have been able to execute the way he did. And then you look at the rest of them, like a no look pass to Zach Hyman, um, just a tic-tac-toe play that got news to goal as well. It, it was incredible. I'd be, I'd be actually curious. I should have looked at this before and who the second active player is on that list, you know, just oh. to see the difference between how quickly they got there compared to, compared to McDavid. I would imagine it's like Crosby or Ovechkin or someone like that, but I just would like to know about it. What, what would your estimate be? But like it's I, like but- 720 or something like that. Well, Paul Paduti at Adjusted Hockey, who does some great stuff like digging back through the history of the game and his Adjusted Era stuff. Pat, can we throw this? Can we get it full screen? Is that even possible? Um, But he had this. There we go. Uh, Sidney Crosby was, if you adjust it, right behind Connor McDavid. 612 games played to 900 points. So yeah, Sid would be the next one. He did it in just, you know, whatever that is, 21 more games than uh, Connor McDavid. But when you adjust for era, McDavid is the third most impressive behind just Lemieux and Wayne Gretzky. So, um, yeah, pretty elite company. Sid's kind of that next guy amongst active players. Um, yeah, it's it's something, man. Last night, being in Roger's place was just like, if it wasn't for Carter Hart, Connor McDavid might have had eight points last night. Like, Hart stopped him a couple of times in tight with very nice, like, McDavid made his move and Hart matched it, which is not an easy thing to do. So, yeah, man, uh, that was just Connor McDavid putting the pedal to the floor and saying enough. The, uh, just on Carter Hart, like, he is, he's a special goalie. We don't, we obviously don't see him very often, but the Flyers always play against us for, for obvious reasons. One, we're a good team and they need to play the goalie, but obviously he's from the Edmonton area as well, but He's special. Like that save he made on Matthias Yamark was a uh, Yamark maybe could have dragged it a little bit longer. If that was a, a better player, I guess is a fair way to put it. Probably would have gone in, but he he had a great night too to his credit. But yeah, like Connor McDavid is just it's kind of funny, isn't it? Like we were just talking yesterday, 
he had a quiet three game stretch where he only had four points and then he comes out and just does what he did. He's just just turn it on whenever he wants. Kind of nuts. So the big question now, and I saw someone floated out there in the chat. Can McDavid get to a thousand this season? <laughs> can we get to the McCentury? He needs 97 points in 47 games played. So he would have to be a hair better than two points per game from now until the end of the season. I'll be honest, he probably needs at least one more five-point effort if he's going to get it done. But honestly, man, when you watch the way he hummed last night, I I think the kicker in terms of his chances of getting to 1,000 by the end of the season will be that he only had one against Anaheim and one against San Jose. Like If he could have had three or four-point nights in one of those, then you're sitting there and the math starts to gel a little bit more. But Naeem says 97 points. It's a sign from God. Colton, how many does he have in his last 47? Well, I mean, hey, you could do the math based on he's got 53 in his last 33. So I don't know, man. It's a tall order. I, I think it's it's possible, but I'd say it's maybe not even 50-50. Yeah, I, we, we talked about this the other day, I think, didn't we, on, on O&R, and I think yeah. both of us said no, or I did at least. Like, It's a lot to ask, but also maybe we just shouldn't doubt him at all. Like who knows, right? Like he could go and put up five points against Ottawa. Like this, this little run they've got going here is, is in their favor. And like you said, like maybe getting a couple more points against Anaheim and San Jose would have been beneficial, but he gets to play them a couple more times this season too. So yep. you always have big games and McDavid's obviously a big time player. So I'll, I'll say, <laughs> I'll say he gets it. Why not? Like this, you can't doubt him. It's hard to do that. Uh, all right, let's get into what's going on over on the Finning Cat YouTube chat. It is brought to you by our friends at Finning Cat. Improve productivity and efficiency with equipment you can rely on. If you need a part, it's never been easier with Finning Cat's online service. Invest in the future of your business and check out the latest at finningcat.com. Jack Campbell is in and says, loved seeing pissy torts after the game. Unbelievable. Like, Spectre asks him a very underhanded low ball question and Tortorella is not in the mood. But keep in mind, John Tortorella is the same guy who went on national television down in the States and said, maybe Connor McDavid has to change the way he plays if he wants to have success. Fart noise. Suck it, torts. Um, Braden is in and says, I think I've seen some advanced stats showing that McDavid has been awesome defensively this year also. Yeah, yeah I mean, that one goal <laughs> yesterday where Bouchard and McDavid didn't exactly hustle back. That wasn't a great example of it, but I think as a whole, uh, I think as a whole, he's been fine. Pradineski says, I love you, Tyler, but you are notoriously known for bad takes. Whoa, <laughs> he's hitting a thousand this year. I'd love to be wrong on this one, but Connor McDavid would need another five point night and then he'd have to average two points per game in the other 46 games. He can do it. I am not saying he can't do it. It's just a very... It, if we are expecting it, I think that's the wrong way to look at this thing. Uh, Sergeant Battle says McDavid hasn't even gone supernova yet. Anything is possible if your name is Connor McDavid. Cat food bet, not a chance. Not a chance. <laughs> we're Naeem past brings that. up, yeah, we're past that. Uh, he could put up five points against any team this month. Yeah, I, I mean, he totally could. When you And we're going to get into the schedule a little bit later on in the show, but Without a doubt, he definitely could. Um, all right, let's move along and get to our moment of the game brought to you by Alberta Blue Cross. Alberta Blue Cross cares about one thing, and that's protecting your memories wherever your travel takes you with their fantastic travel insurance. 
you can be protected wherever you go because the only thing better than sharing memories is making new ones. Visit them online, ab.bluecross.ca slash travel. Liam, here's what we're doing for the moment of the game because it was obviously Connor McDavid's night. Mm -hmm. You need to rank in order from least impressive to most impressive his five points from last night. Are you ready or do you want me to go first? Uh, well, number five, I think, is is a layup, right? That would be the Leon goal. Could he just I had the pass to Nuge. I had the pass to Nuge as my number five. No, I think that pass is a little bit harder than... Well, to Leon, didn't he just pass it to Bush and then Bush passed it to Leon or however that went? No, no. McDavid went around. Do we have the clip, Pat? McDavid went around the perimeter, dragged like three guys with him, and then seemed it to Dreisaitl, who one time to home. We'll get a look at it. Let me oh, that's see the it. Nuge one. Okay, so that was... So the I reason, think that was four. See, so this is my five. Look, look, McDavid swoops in, but Hyman does a ton of work there. And then that pass is sick, but the hesitation from Nuge to make sure he gets an yeah. angle, if he fires this right away, it's not a goal. Nuge did a ton of the work on that, and it also showcased what an elite finisher Ryan Nugent Hopkins is becoming. Okay, we'll make that one five, and then Leon's four, right? Yeah, I think the pass to dry okay. settle is uh, without a doubt four in this. Again, he wheels up to the top, works around a guy, and then flips it through a seam. Like, All right, that was that way better than I remember. That was a lot better than I remember. I'll take I'll take the L on that one. That was number four. Okay. Uh, number three, this one may be controversial, but I'm going with his lone goal of the night is number yeah. three on the list. At first glance, and it happened right in front of me at Roger's place, I was ready to be like, that might be one of the nicest goals we've ever seen McDavid score because I thought he broke Sanheim's ankles and then tucked it in. Um, but when you watch the replay back, courtesy of the Oilers here, uh, Zach Hyman definitely ran some interference. That borderline could have been a penalty. I, I'm changing my mind. This is for Dreisaitl's three. I, Liam, come on. Look at that. No, That's too impressive. No, it's good. But he like barely even looks at Dreisaitl when he makes the pass. I'll, I'll stick yeah. that. We all have opinions. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I have his goal at three. You have the pass to Dreisaitl at three. Yeah. At number two, I have the behind-the-back no-look pass to Zach Hyman. Um, it was insane. The vision to be like, I think my guy is going to be able to walk into this puck is crazy. Zach Hyman also did a great job of just sneaking right into that seam and almost in a way letting Connor McDavid know that like, hey, I'm going to be in this area. I think it speaks to the chemistry these two have that again, just a spinning no look behind the back pass lands perfectly on his tape. The Flyers also didn't play this all that well. Like they had everyone was just staring at Connor McDavid and that's probably not the right way to play it. So I have the behind the back pass at two. Yeah, I, I think I will agree on that one too, because similar to like the Nuge one, although the pass is incredible. Hyman did do a bit more of the work on that goal than I guess McDavid did too, but still unbelievable pass, like not to discredit it, but the first one, I think we could both agree like unreal play. Yeah, and number one, maybe this is the wrong one. And then Marcus says, the no-look pass for 900 is not number one. Come on, guys. I think this passed around. Again, the significance of the 900th point, I'm forgetting about that. The play itself, I thought on this one to Nuge, is a almost better example of how elite his vision is. Like Again, the Hyman one is crazy, but you can see that play forming a little bit. For this one here, I just thought it was so impressive the way McDavid picks up this puck and it's just the little tap. 
And it's all in motion too, right? Like he's coming in full speed. Hyman makes that pass and it's off on and off McDavid stick in the blink of an eye. Like that one touch right on Nugent Hopkins tape is crazy impressive to me. So I, I think it's number one. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy, but look at this thing and seems it perfectly through two guys. Again, there was a guy coming on to Nuge there. If McDavid hesitates for a second, if McDavid doesn't put it perfectly on his tape, that goal doesn't happen. With Hyman, in a weird way, there was a little bit of leeway because if he put it two feet in front of him, could have moved into it a little bit, could have held up. Like I thought that pass to Nuge was his best play of the night. Yeah, and like you said, I think the best part about it is it was all uh, improvised, right? Like that clearly wasn't yeah. anything they had really worked on too much before. Like just all in one motion. It was quite impressive, but who are we to judge all the five of his points from yesterday? Cause they were all incredible. It's hard to even rank them. Like they were just all so good. Um, all right, there you go. That's your moment of the game for Alberta blue cross and their fantastic travel insurance. Uh, Frank Saravalli is going to join us in a little bit. I just remembered he needs the link. So I will send him that. Uh, <laughs> Liam, do you think if I held up the four apples for Frank, he will notice that one of them is an onion. Um, no, no, I don't. I'll hold them like this too. I'll kind of try to disguise them. You definitely can't tell on that. When you hold them like this, you can kind of see the the different shades. It just looks like a dark red apple. But on that one, it's like quite easy. Not quite easy. Sorry. There you go. All right, let's get back into the YouTube chat here, presented by Finny Cat, because I love this question from Dave. I think it's a fascinating hypothetical. What if Edmonton beat San Jose in November? Is Edmonton in a playoff position today with Woodcroft still as their head coach? I think there was maybe someone who really wanted Chris Knobloch to be the head coach of this team, but I think it's an interesting question because if they don't lose that game to San Jose, they go beat Seattle. Dude, there would be no reason to have fired Jay Woodcroft at any point. Yeah, I mean, there definitely wouldn't have been, but... Just maybe it just had to be done, right? Like maybe this ultimately was what this team needed if they want to admit it or not, is just a different a different change in things. And was Knobloch lost six games, I think it is. Like he's only lost two at home or something like that. Like it it'd be interesting to know where they would be right now with Woodcroft, but I, I think it's also just fair to respect what, what Knobloch has been able to do during this little period. Yeah, I think, I think it, so. It's There's just like I think sorry, I think that loss like put a bit more identity into this team too, like give them a little bit more character of being like, we cannot sink that low again. Like sometimes you got to go all the way to the floor to be able to rise all the way back up. Right. So I think, I think maybe the loss in some weird way was, was good for the team. Yeah, maybe I, and I see. And the part of it too is I, I'm not sure if, uh, I'm not, again, not sold on how much of a substantial difference Chris Knobloch's made. I agree. He's a good coach, but I think we're forgetting that Jay Woodcroft was also a very good coach. This team won three playoff rounds with him. You don't do that by accident. Bad coaches don't win three playoff rounds over the course of two years. So I don't know. I do think people and Reagan dropped this in here. We wouldn't be where we are without coffee. And that and that's maybe the one where I buy into it a little bit mm-hmm. is the blue line looks so much different that Paul Coffee. Yeah, and Davin, sorry, but Coffee needed to be the D coach. I know a, a bunch of you also made that point as well. I don't know if it's just Chris Knobloch that's solely made them better, but yeah, I, I, it's harder to argue when you add uh, Coffee into the mix as well. 
Yeah, I, someone else put it in the chat here too. I, I lost it now, but they they just said they would have just referred back to to Drysaddle and McDavid, and we we don't see that as often anymore, right? One because the team's winning so much, like we don't have to get to that point. And Woodcroft was, if he knew it or not, was fighting for his life pretty much every night. He needed to get wins, but I just like the way this team is now balanced out. Like there's a, there seems to be a little bit more accountability but also like belief in the players to bounce back a little bit too like you look last night the um the mark stall goal i didn't really like how they did this but dry line was out before then they got the face off then they allowed the goal and then they just put them right back out there again just to be like okay just shake it off and keep going like i think if that was maybe other lines under a woodcroft they would have just been sat for however long right it just feels like there's a little bit more balance in the team which is what you need to win the stanley cup I also like the way that he's handled putting McDavid Drysaddle, McDavid and Drysaddle together and then having them apart. Like I, it always drove me nuts where as soon as something went wrong, it was McDavid and Drysaddle for the rest of the game. And what Knobloch's kind of been doing is he throws them together after a penalty kill. He'll throw mm. them out there after an icing or something like that, but he's very rarely going out and running with them for a full period. I, I think we've maybe seen it once since he took over as uh as head coach. So I do like that adjustment. That's something that drove me nuts about Woodcroft. So I, I will give Knobloch credit for making that change and the way he handles McDavid and Drysaddle works. And even look at yesterday on that play where uh, McDavid set up Drysaddle on the goal. I know it was a six on five, but that was a shift where those two were out there yeah. together. And look what happens, right? You catch the Flyers off guard, you draw a penalty, and then boom, you score. So, uh, all right, let's keep moving along. We do have Liam's game coming up. A little bit later on in the show, so you'll have a chance to win a $25 Nation Guard, a Nation Gear GC. We're going to have a Sherwood Ford Giant question as well. So lots to get to. But first, the Star Mechanical guest line. It's brought to you by Edmonton's number one plumbing and heating company, Star Mechanical. They've been in the Edmonton area for more than 20 years. You can find out more about what makes them elite at starmechanical.ca. Frank Saravalli, help us settle a debate. Last night, Connor McDavid picked up four apples in that hockey game. Look. Four apples, Frank. Which one was the most impressive? The backhand pass to Zach Hyman. Ah, so we disagree. I said the pass to Nuge on his Nuge's first goal. Okay. Can Liam, can you say Mark Stahl for me again? Mark Stahl. That's not how you said it before. How did I say it? Mark Stahl. Stahl. It's because I was trying to practice for my game before, Frank. I said, Jared oh, Stoll. man, it was epic. I love that. <laughs> Mark Stahl, it hadn't played in 10 days. He comes in and scores for the Flyers last night. How about that? Yeah, Frank, you also didn't notice that one of the apples I was holding up was an onion because I don't have that many pieces of fruit in my house. <laughs> Anyways, um, that's surprising. You're a pretty healthy guy. I, my New Year's resolution is to eat more fruit. So I, I am trying to get into the swing of things a little bit here in 2024. Uh, all right, Frank, let's talk about Connor McDavid hitting point number 900. Do you think he's got it in him to hit a thousand this year? He would need 97 points in 47 games. I hadn't even thought about that. I would say it's a lot. It's more than two per game. He would need one more five no. game and then. No, no. How the fact that he has 10, the fact that he has 10, five point games is insane though. Mm -hmm. Well, that's exactly it. Like if you pop home another five point game here at some point, two points per game in the other 46, it's not that crazy. How many six point games has he had? Three. I think. 
if you were on a show with someone who was prepared, they would have that answer locked and loaded for you. But I got to look it up. Um, Liam had the answer you for you. I think it's three. I'm going to fact check. I don't you. know. I couldn't even say someone's name before, so I'm not sure how Fox, much confidence we should Fox have. Fox stole. <laughs> <sighs> oh, boy. Um, all right, Frank, I wanted to ask you about his Hart Trophy case, though. What do you make of that? Like, I mean, the odds, our friends at Betway still have him as the favorite. Do you view him as the favorite right now? Probably, but I think in the end, the calculation is going to come down to because he played to his standards so poorly through the first, mostly the first quarter of the season, was he 25% better than everyone else? And that's really as a voter, what you're going to have to consider. It's kind of the same thing of like Kale McCarr missing all the time that he did last year. I think Kale McCarr is the best defenseman in the NHL. And I don't think it's really even that close, but when you miss 22 games in a season, are you that much better than everyone else that played the full year? And so that's really what you, it comes down to. And I mean, McDavid for a large chunk of his career, this stat last night is incredible. This was when he hit 900. So he finished with 903. Is that right? 903. So he has 127 more points than anyone else in the NHL since he broke into the league in 2015, 16, which means that, that's basically an entire extra year of McDavid-like production than anyone else over the course of these last number of years. Has he been at that level before? 25% better than everyone else? Yes. But how much will this early start to the season hurt his case? Um, that's the part I can't really answer yet. I want to know where the Oilers finish. Do they inch into the top three in the Pacific? Are they a wild card team? How does it all shake out? Well, well, where do you think they can finish? Do you think they can edge into that top three in the Pacific and potentially even win? Like their January schedule is very favorable. Man, oh, my I think some, isn't totally out of the question. Got some edging talk too, man. You guys are wild today. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that they can catch the Kings. I don't think they can catch the Canucks but the Golden Knights I'm also not entirely sure about because Vegas has really come back to earth Tyler you had that stat for yesterday's DFO live where they started what 11-0-1 and I think they're under 500 since then like 10-11-2 or something since then that's pretty significant and the Canucks just seem to continue to ride. That's the one team that hasn't, you know, they had a slight regression there for a bit where like their shooting percentages and everything else came back to earth. The Oilers are the, the hottest team in the league since November, November 10th. They have the best points percentage in the NHL. It's north of seven 30. Um, they'd have to really make up some significant ground. I'd say they, I'd say they can get to that last, Pacific spot, but I I think they're more likely to be a wild card team. I think one thing that's going to help them a lot is the fact that they've only played Vegas and LA once each. They still have the Vancouver. They've played three times. Maybe they have one left. I'm not sure, but like feels like in this back half they play a lot more Western Conference teams. I was shocked to see on the schedule the other day that 
uh, during the holiday break was their first time playing against the Kings this entire Ooh. season. So um, I thought that was a kind of fascinating um, subplot to what's left in the year. But also I found McDavid's comments to be really interesting after that game that he was like, every single time we're here, it's the same game. It's the same thing over and over again. I wonder why that's the case. Is it just because Todd McClellan's teams are a pain in the ass to play against? And he also happens to know the Oilers really well. What, what do you think the reason for that is? I just think that's how the LA Kings like to play, right? And they know they can't get into a track meet, especially against the Edmonton Oilers. And there's maybe nights throughout the year where the Kings will lose their system a little bit playing a weaker team. But against Edmonton, I just think McClellan always has them on high alert. Like you cannot break the structure or else McDavid will burn you. They, the they way, should know that by now. They played 20 sometimes in the last two years. Yeah, Tobias Bjornfot on waivers today from the Kings. I, 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 you never have a crystal ball with waivers, but I'd be surprised if someone doesn't take a flyer on him. He's got 100-plus games of NHL experience already under his belt, has barely played this year, of course. But he's 22, and I know he's a left-shot guy. The Kings claimed uh, Jacob Megna today from the Kraken. Or Sorry, not the Kings. The Blackhawks claimed Megna from the Kraken. They had they needed some D, man. The the Blackhawks have run into a a host of injuries this year. It's been wild to see how many guys are out of that lineup. And then I think they had a situation last night where um they Isaac Phillips was minus five the other night. Ooh. They just they had to do something. They needed a warm body. If Magna gets claimed, I would imagine Bjornfuck gets claimed too, right? Like someone should be looking for an extra D-man. The only thing that's the complicating factor is Bjornfot has the extra year. Mm. Yeah, he funny. has one more year at 775. Like it shouldn't be a deal breaker, but um, it is a one-way deal. And I don't know, at 22, like when I used to do the core four under 24 exercises, like for the Kings, you know, four or five years ago, he was certainly in their core four and was a highly thought of player. So at 22, maybe you can find a way to rehab them. Circling back to the Oilers, one thing that has really helped them over the last, well, basically since the middle of November, is that their goaltending's finally back up to an acceptable level. Skinner has like a 923 over his last 12 games. Calvin Pickard has a 904 since he's been called up. Has the play of those two quieted down any talk that the Oilers are out on the market for a goalie? I, I don't know if it's necessarily quieted it down. I, I still think the it's it's in the sense that do they need absolutely need to go out and get someone? I think the answer is no. Like I don't think there's a um a real burning desire, but I still think overall the goaltending question remains in place solely because I think they have to do something with Jack Campbell that it's more a salary dump perspective than anything else. The goaltending is just so interesting. I think because you look at Vegas last year, obviously like when Aiden, they went in with Brassois, he got injured and Aiden Hill. And then the year before the Oilers played Darcy Kember and then he, he got hurt and it was Pavel Francouz. Like, for me, like they just need to play better in in front of the goalies, which is a very obvious statement, of course, when the players come ar- playoffs come around. But like, would like a third line center or another defenseman not be more of a priority for this team? Do you know you don't think? 
Well, the reason why I mentioned Campbell is I don't think you can go out and get one of those pieces unless you're moving Campbell's mm-hmm. money off your books first. And that's why it's it's not just a this year's deadline problem. It's next season and the season after that as well that really kind of sticks in your side as something that's a total pain for this team that they they need clarity on. Now, you look at Skinner's number here numbers here over the last 13 games. They're excellent. My big question is, do they still need another like another backup type guy that can not only spell Skinner when he needs it, but what happens if the Oilers get into a situation again where we've seen it before, some guys have good regular seasons but can't carry the ball in the playoffs. And the other thing that we've seen recently is we don't know can he play the entire playoffs? Like we saw with the Boston Bruins last year, and I think this is a great debate. We had this yesterday on Morning Cup of Hockey. Uh, if you haven't checked it out, it's our new morning show on the Daily mm-hmm. Faceoff YouTube channel with Colby Cohen and Johnny Lazarus. And the point we were making about the Boston Bruins was the reason I think they lost in round one is because after rotating all year, not one guy playing a significant stretch of games, they tried to just have one guy carry the load the whole time. And I I think they fell apart because of it. They needed to make a goaltending change in between games two and three, and they didn't do it. And I think that cost them their first round exit uh, and Patrice Bergeron's last playoff run. Now with the Oilers, I mean, let's just say hypothetically at some point during a long playoff run, Stuart Skinner is going to have a night that he, you know, he doesn't like and the Oilers don't like. How comfortable do you feel with Cal Pickard being the guy that goes in net? I think the mistake last year was that they never gave Jack Campbell a start after he came in a couple of times and, and saved their ass. Like against LA in round one, he saved them with that comeback effort in uh, in game four where they eventually got the OT winner from Zach Hyman. Like that doesn't happen if Jack Campbell doesn't stand on his head for the final 10 minutes of the third period. So I agree, but I also think at this point, like is there a goalie out there who you are going to be comfortable with or more comfortable with than Calvin Pickard? Like, and he's given you a nine Oh four. I think they're just kind of saddled the stew and they unfortunately have to just run them the whole playoffs. It's a really small sample size with Pickard though. And we know enough over the last three, four years that he's really replacement level at best. And look, especially if the wings are out of it, he's not going to cost you much. James Reimer would be my, I would feel so much more comfortable Mm -hmm. if you needed to have a spot start with James Reimer at some point, that was a big game, a big moment than Cal Pickard. And that's just the sort of general thought process. Um, I, you know, the numbers have been fine. He's been able to spell you, but can he do it on a longer term? I, I don't know. I think when you look at Reimer too, he's actually he's had a really good career besides last season with San Jose. Like he's been very consistent, right? It's the one outlier season for a guy mm-hmm. that consistently every year has had nine hundred or better. Like I he's got the track record, he's got the experience, he's played in Canadian markets, he's played in the playoff. Like for me, like I I can't imagine his acquisition costs, especially as you get closer to the deadline, being much more than a fourth or a fifth round pick. And he's a free eight. Like there's no long, there's no strings attached. Like I would just, if I were in the Oilers front office would sleep a lot better at night, knowing that I had at least some experience there. Mm. Another tough thing right now though, is like, I mean, Reimer, Reimer might get cheaper as the deadline gets closer and more teams become sellers, right? Like right now, no one's really selling much. 
Well, that's the other part of it that we're waiting 65 days out from the trade deadline to see crystallize. Um, where where are the Detroit Red Wings? What does Steve Eiserman think about this team? What about the Pittsburgh Penguins and the spot that they're in and the pieces that they might have to move, including a, a Jake Gensel? I think we kind of have a pretty good idea of where the Calgary Flames are, but what about the St. Louis Blues and maybe the Nashville Predators if they get to a certain point where could maybe they're not going to be big buyers, but could they, instead of being sellers, just stand pat? Like there's, there's a lot of questions I think still left to be determined that um, I think have really kind of held up and stagnated the market for now. Mm-hmm. Will we have a, an updated trade targets list from you anytime soon, Frank? And also how difficult is it to kind of put that together? Like Tyler just said, knowing nobody really wants to sell. It's not easy. And Look, um, so Monday is our is our first trade targets board of 2024. Yeah. It'll be exactly two months out from the March 8th trade deadline. And that's going to kick off our 60-day countdown to the deadline itself, which we're going to have something every single day on dailyfaceoff.com um, leading up to it, including in-depth player profiles and breakdowns of guys that may be available or will likely be available. It is it becomes a little bit of a a guessing game from that perspective that you've got this list of guys that you believe are likely to be available. But think about the way things played out with Matthias Ekholm last year. There were rumblings in early November that Ekholm was available. And then there was a chunk of time where the the Preds still under David Poyle then is last year as GM. They play themselves back into the race and all of a sudden Ekholm's off the table. And then they started to slide again and they said, you know what, we're going to sell an Ekholm. He gets dealt to the Oilers on deadline day. Like that's, you know, it's the nature of the beast in terms of how that works and happens and plays out. But um, it does make it an inexact science. Frank, I have a dream deadline target for the Oilers, and I'm giving you the right right now. You can tell me if it's so insane that I just need to stop talking about it, or if there's. A I, I know who you're going to say. I do. Who? Sean Monahan. No, no, because he's he's an obvious one. This one's more off the board. This is like Ekholm esque, where you he said helps for years and years. That's you. You've he's been your wet dream. <laughs> Liam's been more of the Monahan guy, but anyways, two more years, three point seven five million. Boone Jenner out of Columbus. He would f- check every box for the Oilers and what they need up front. Uh, I'm selling on Boone Jenner. I don't, I don't think, look, um, I think he's been a great piece in Columbus. I think, um, you know, he's certainly part of their leadership group. I just think he's really slowing down a bit. And I think to be locked into those extra two years, I know three, seven, five doesn't kill you, but if he's in your bottom six sooner rather than later, if you're the Oilers, like that's the last thing you want is someone like him dragging down your cap. I just thought three seven five is they need a high end third line center. If they're going to keep McLeod as a winger, I, I think that's quickly become priority number one. But yeah. I, I think I agree with you, and I, I think when you look at, I, I, I mean, here's here's the only thing. As I say, I agree with you. I agree that there's no doubt the Oilers need a high-end third-line center, but I think what will be debatable will be defender, like true defender, or third-line center. Which one is the top priority? Which one wins out? 
Uh, Frank, we're going to be doing a lot of traveling together here in the next little bit. We're heading out to Jasper in a couple of weeks for the Tourism Jasper Pond Hockey Tournament with CHE Hockey out at the Fairmont Jasper Park Lodge. Always one of my favorite weekends of the year. Have you been working? Have you been getting your game in tip-top shape for this thing? Not my game, but trying to trying to get my my uh, game shape together. So uh, today marks three consecutive days on the bike. We'll see. We'll see what we can put in the bank between now and Jasper. Very good. Uh, and also, we're going to be heading out to Toronto, where the All-Star Game is. Uh, I know the league's getting set to announce its first batch of representatives, one from each team. And I think then they're doing 12 fan votes. Where do we come? Liam hates it. I hate it. Where do you come out on 12 fan vote spots? What, I mean, what part do you hate? I hate the fact I, that, that the best players won't be at this event. Like, Zach Hyman may never be an NHL All-Star because guys like Frank Vetrano and Thomas Hurdle have to go because San Jose and Anaheim need representatives. I, I just think the NHL is like, they need to have the best on best in some way. And I think the all-star game has lost a lot of hype because they keep putting random players in. Why can't they, why can't you guys launch a campaign to get Zach Hyman to Toronto? I mean, I, I'll be, are, are you Oilers nation team. or are you not? <laughs> we are Oilers nation, but the problem should probably be four Edmonton representatives there and like Vancouver should probably have four like last season Nuge missed out and had a hundred point season I just I just think the NHL lacks a lot here even in the skills contest and I, I do like the way they've changed things this year but I think every competition included in the game should have the best players in that competition who are those unique skills whatever here's my response to that I know what you you're can't, gonna say. what what's that 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 it like means something to those fans too when they go and represent. No, I was going to say, nope. you can't say that. Like, so me personally, I just view the all-star weekend for what it is, which is just a corporate uh, event for big, you know, deep pocketed sponsors and their, you know, people to come to Toronto and enjoy some NHL hospitality. It's not even really for the fans because only a few thousand tickets really go to fans. Um, it's so corporate driven that I don't, I don't really get worked up about it either way. And so if you think, and you're in my camp that the all-star weekend doesn't really matter, then you also can't bitch about the process. And so that's where I come out. But does it not matter because the NHL doesn't want it to matter? I just look at the NBA is my favorite example of it because I think when when those players go to the Hall of Fame or whatever it is, like that they're like LeBron James, 15 time all-star, whatever it may be, like it it means something. And I just think the NHL could make it mean something if they wanted it to mean something. It's never really meant something. So why would we start now? And when I, mean, I think yeah. of Hall of Fame candidacies. Uh, for me, the only all-stars that count in the NHL are end of season all-stars where you're mm. either one or two at your position. That really says something moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I agree with that too. I just, I like, I like when players get voted in because I just think it should be the best players, but never mind. I, so Tyler, no, I, I think it's a worthy <laughs> you know, discussion point. Tyler and I went last year. Was that your first all-star? No, your second, second. I was in Vegas the year before. Yeah. Yeah. So like, but you, you were like, you, you were with me and it's like a dreadful weekend of hockey. Like maybe it'll be different this time in, in Toronto. But for me, I'm like, who cares? Like, I mean, we, it just becomes like feigned outrage at some point of like, 
why we get angry at at stuff for no reason. I know. I have the same problem every year, Frank. I'll get over it. Never. Just launch your personal campaign. This is Liam, and I am for Zach Hyman to get to Toronto. You wouldn't even have to to go anywhere. Toronto's home for Zach Hyman, yeah. so he could just you know stay in his own place while he's there. It'd be perfect. I've All already right. wrote our boy. If our Sorry. boy Eric, our graphic designer, Eric, if you're watching, can you make a Liam for Zach Hyman kind of shirt that mm. we can uh, we can throw out there? Get one for Liam. Get him to start rocking it. Okay, I'll, we I'll help you very- promote. I, I will retweet it. Uh, just okay. that would be better. You, you better you better get moving. <laughs> okay, when he gets announced tomorrow that he's not part of it and the fan vote begins, I will start the campaign. There you go. <laughs> we have uh, we've gone long, so we got to let you go, Frank. Thanks for doing this and stand for like 25 minutes. See you guys. Thanks, Frank. There you go. Frank Cervalli on the Star Mechanical <laughs> guest line. Uh, we covered a lot of ground there. McDavid, what's the ceiling for the Oilers? Trade deadline talk. I know Frank loves when he gets to come on and talk about the NHL trade deadline with us. Uh, shout out to Star Mechanical once again, Edmonton's number one plumbing and heating company. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Liam. Also, okay, wait, quick programming note. And I'm saying this so that our boy, our producer, Pat, who's filling in wonderfully once again for Aaron today, um, we're going to save our Sherwood Ford giant question about predicting their record in January. We're going to save that for tomorrow because we don't really have a ton going on tomorrow. Um, so let's get to Liam's game for the week brought to you by Nation Gear, $25 up for grabs. If you don't know how it works, Liam has two mystery players. They are both Oilers or former Oilers. They played with the team at some point after the year 2000. We do an easy one and a hard one. If you're the first one to get the easy one in the chat, you get entered into the draw. If you're one of the three first to get the difficult one, you're entered into the draw as well. Did I explain that properly, Liam? I think so. So, Pat, the one you have on the little bottom there right now, I probably use graphics this week, by the way. Big upgrades. Whoa. Post uh, post New Year. That's the easy one. So we'll, we'll roll with that one first. So whoever guesses this one first gets one person will be put in the draw from this one. So yeah. I played over a thousand games in the NHL. The majority of those games were with the Oilers. I played for six teams. One no longer exists. 
My final season was 2012. There is a mystery clue, but I haven't put it on there yet. I think I know who it is. I'm going Already? to, uh, I think I know. I'm going to put it in our little chat. Okay. Sounds good. Let me get, I get it right. Ready. Let me look. You did. Wow. That was, right, I, I can't believe how quick that was. We will see. I nailed it. So I'm waiting for someone in the chat to get it before I uh, spoil the answer here. Come on. Not Marty Jelena, not Rafi Torres, not Ryan Smith, not, not Jason Chimera, not Marty Reasoner. Chimera's a decent guess, actually, because he actually borderline fits that criteria. Pronger yeah, Horkoff. Pronger Horkoff, Chimera, no, no. no. Jason Smith, Ethan Morrow, no. He's a defenseman. That was a fun man. Yep. Oh, he man. Is, I, uh, currently active in the NHL in some role just to get this one moving along. And this is just because the guy was in the news recently and that might even give it away too much, but it's the easy one. So I have no problem. Uh, no, Brody. I like this guest from Dave. I don't even know who Brody is. Ah, there oh, you go. Look who got it. it. The machine, Tyler Mulek. Yeah. All right. Got there it. you go. He got it like a couple of seconds before a bunch of other people did. Trevor was close. Dave was close. Dave was close. Two Daves were close. Um, there you go. Mulek gets it. He's entered. Liam, what is player? Who is player number two? Or give us the clues. Player number two. Hopefully this one's a bit harder. I was drafted in 2007. I played 167 games in the NHL for three teams. I was involved in a big trade between Calgary and Toronto. I only played one season in Edmonton, which was my last NHL team. Okay, I'm gonna. I Liam, I might have nailed it again. <laughs> Boy, I threw oh, it in our chat. No, no, it's not him. Hey, no, not him. Okay, uh, this is. Um, I can't even remember what year he played for Edmonton. Ooh. It was like, okay. go on. Is that it? One second. Uh, yeah. That is oh, it. really? That's a good one. So we that already got one, one guy in the chat who's got it. Two people have got guys. it. So we're just yeah, waiting not, for a third that we can say it? Yeah, just waiting for one more. The um, He never actually played for the team he was drafted for, if that helps anybody. There we go. There's the three. Who's the, who's the third there? Calvin Austin, or, oh, Chen. No. Austin Chen. Great oh, no. work up. Oh, Philip got it right above him. So I'll put I'll put Philip in there as well because that would okay. be rude of me. So there's four. Okay, but Austin needs to be in two. two. Yeah, I got them both in because I said his name. Calvin Pickard, right. you didn't make it, unfortunately. So the answer was Keith Ollie. So all right, here we go. I'll spin the wheel. Spinning the wheel. Da da da. It is oh Chris Hall is the winner. There you go. There you go. Congratulations, Chris Hall. Shoot me an email, Tyler at OilersNation.com and say, I am Chris Hall. I am the winner. And as he said here, he had it before all. So yes, you're a very deserving winner. Uh Mulek. Too bad, but you're being a good sport at least. Uh, <laughs> that's a wrap on Liam's game brought to you by Nation Gear. $25 up for grabs every single Wednesday. Scott Aroni, flag game next time? No way. Liam's mystery <laughs> player game is more fun. <laughs> for Tyler, I love the flag game. I did a flag puzzle over the Christmas break. Yeah, that's one very on brand of you. Uh, but how did that go? How long did it take you? It took me less than 24 hours to make. It was 
it was just threw it together. I had a little bit of help from my girlfriend, but the funny thing is she bought me that gift at like mid November. She said, just knowing I already liked flags. And then we gradually made this bit. Also, I can run and get it if we need, but I have evidence that I wrote a poem. Do you want to do it now? I can go get it quickly if you need me to. I have a hey, picture. Go get it. Go get it. Yeah, bear it back. All right. Now I get to stare at Liam's empty seat as we uh, continue along with the show. It's a good time for me to get to the menu for our friends at DoorDash. 25% off and zero delivery fees on your first order of $15 or more. All you need to do is download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code NATION25. I stumbled over that, which was weird. Uh, tonight, two games in the NHL. We got the New Jersey Devils taking on the Washington Capitals. We have the Toronto Maple Leafs taking on the Anaheim Ducks. How about this for some goalie matchups? Nico Dawes versus Hunter Shepard. Who the hell is Hunter Shepard? For the Toronto Maple Leafs, Dennis Hildeby will make his NHL debut going up against Lucas Dostal. And Frank Saravalli shared a great story on his Twitter about, uh, again, this name throws me off like crazy. Hildeby, Dennis Hildeby, the six foot seven Hilda Beast recently worked as a Swedish team mascot for a summer side job. Ooh. And now he's getting a start as an NHL goalie for the Leafs. I'm just going to go out and say it. Take the over tonight between Toronto and Anaheim over on Betway. How about, um, we never spoke about this because it happened over the break, but Habi Bulin is back in professional hockey. Now the Bulin wall. Crazy. I had literally no other option. Never give up on your dreams, Liam. Never, ever. Okay. Calvin Pickard's in the chat and says, who the hell are any of them? And exactly none of them are as recognizable as Calvin Pickard. Tyler Mulek says, nah, he's going to come in and have like three consecutive shutouts, which would be hilarious mm. and very Toronto Maple Leafsy for them to just get a random goalie who goes red hot and then they won't go make a trade ahead of the deadline. That'd be good. That'd be good. Um, all right. If you missed the explanation of this, whatever it was last week, Liam chimed in on whatever episode it was and said that he was a published poem writer in his Poet. youth, which yes. is insane, very <laughs> on brand at the same time. And you have come with proof. I have proof. So when I went back to England, this uh, this picture was in a newspaper a long time ago and I couldn't find it. But when I went back to England this past summer, my granddad had pictures of me and he showed me this one and I found it and the other day. When I was looking for my belt, I stumbled across the picture again. So this is a picture of me. The book is called Once Upon a Rhyme, I believe, if I'm reading that correctly. So this is a picture of, uh, of little Liam when he was like 11 years old oh, with a poem. A there you go. A That's the poem. only proof? We don't know if you actually wrote it. This is just a picture of you as other school kids. Holding a book. That girl is now You're an actor in England. That girl's holding a book. Well, they weren't going to give books to everyone. You look up the book, Once Upon a Rhyme. There you go. Oh, yeah. Should that's I show there. everyone the old picture I have of me and you? Uh, Yeah, I don't know. Let's have a look. I don't know if I've seen it. I don't know where it is. I'd have to go find it. <laughs> oh, perfect. We're just going to keep leaving, leaving the show. Well, whilst he's gone, we can talk about my book. It's about autumn. And it was beautiful. Oh, this one. I have this one too. <laughs> this is a picture of when Liam and I were in radio school together and our class took a trip to the legislature. And so we're actually, if you look at us on here, we're on the left. I'm right at the end right and Tyler is right there. 
I'm right there. There you go. We well, could probably upload a higher quality video of this. You look no. You look very I young. I will say that. I think I kind of look the same, but you look very. I think young. I was. I was only nineteen. Yeah, 19, I mean, 20, I would have been eighteen maybe? in this picture. Yeah. Look how far we've come, young Liam. A couple of young bucks. And I while I was looking for, too. while I was looking for that, I also found this. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, I think There's we can no get rid of that one. Never need to give a shit meter again. Uh, all right not. chris hall said what's the email again tyler you know what, chris hall i messed it up so i'll just drop it in here tyler at the nation network.com is uh that's where you're gonna want to go that's gonna be the email you'll want to use um anyways let's move towards the end here smitty is in liam how about the 16 year old in the well in the world darts championship that is electric that video was sick that is uh darts is a crazy crazy sport because Anyone can really play it, but those guys are, are just nuts. And yeah, little, what was his name? Uh, what does that say? I missed it. Uh, little, I think his name was, and people were like, how is he 16? Yeah. I would say you have never seen a 16-year-old from England before. It's crazy. He's a big boy. He is a big boy. He looks about World 29. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, let's move towards the end of the show today. We'll be back tomorrow. The Oilers have this, their schedule in January is not only easy, but it is very, very relaxed. They don't play, obviously, tonight. They don't play Thursday. They don't play Friday. We won't be back in the mix until Saturday with uh, pre-gaming for us. So, um, obviously, we have this show and uh, this show on mm-hmm. Friday as well. We need guests. So, we'll try to find someone. We got a couple yeah. of ideas, actually. <laughs> one that will really get people fired up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The one we, we spoke about yesterday. Well, the one yesterday right? and then the one who slid into the Twitter DMs and said, he could oh, do the show. right. Yeah, we teased yeah. that one. That might uh, be Mulek good after the weekend. Mulek said, fine, I'll come on. Um, that actually is. That's one of my goals in the new year is to is to get some listeners on. I don't I yeah. think I know how we could do it. I'm working on it. It might start with like exclusive invite list. Like, you know, if you want to come on the show, we'll open up like some sort of thing where you can send us your email and we might hit you with a link and you can pop on, but I'd love to do listener questions in the new year. Yeah. We, we've thought about ways of doing that. I think a good way to do it is not to, not to neglect people, but just kind of have guys who have been here since the start and just, I guess a bit more trustworthy. We probably know what they're going to say more often than other ones, but we like would like to have more opinions other than because the chat is great every single day. So it'd be good to have, to have your voices on the show too. Maybe, maybe let's try get a guest tomorrow and then maybe we could try that Friday. We could start with just like a few of them. We'll say you have like 60 seconds to give us a good take and then we'll move on and we'll do you know some one thing. Talk. One thing I've always found funny with uh, like listener stuff on the radio is how it's just like you get one question and then you are, you're gone. You have to listen on the radio for your answer. So got to be ruthless on it. Unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, all right. <laughs> Let's wrap up the show. Big shout out to our friends at Betway, DoorDash, Star Mechanical for the guest line and Frank Servalli's appearance. Sherwood Forward, the giant. I have a good Sherwood Forward giant question that we'll save for tomorrow's show. Alberta Blue Cross, Finning Cat for the YouTube chat. And of course, we are live from the Sports Closet Studio every single weekday at 12.01, 12.03, somewhere in that range. It's usually when we're live at. Uh, big shout out to Pat Puff for all the production work today. Hopefully our boy AB is recovering nicely. That's going to be a wrap. Hit the like button before you close your window. We'll chat again 
tomorrow. Thank you for watching Oilers Nation every day. Hit the subscribe button to never miss a show. And for more, visit OilersNation.com.